There we go, and live. All right, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Michael, host of the Smoke Pit Podcast. Today, it's a little bit different. Today, we don't have Jake. Jake's got some real-world stuff going on, some stuff going on with the folks, and that's always more important, right? we got to take care of our folks. Uh, but I'm going to be sitting here with a very good friend of mine, Derek Smith. Haven't talked to you in a while as well, man. First of all, how are you doing? It's uh, it's gold, man. You know, it's uh, different different days down here at headquarters, so, you know, the the life is I'm not around troops, man. And that's why I miss, you know, I miss being around uh, my people. Yeah. I, uh, so you're, you're out of, for the folks that don't know me and Derek Smith here, know each other from my not. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, when I officially met you, it was, uh, meeting you and seeing the stash and being like, Holy shit. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. And then I think you were ahead of TRF at that point. That's pretty yep. much when I ended up meeting you. Uh, but are, so you're no longer at my not. No longer am I down at uh, Barksdale. You're uh, living the good life in Shreveport, Louisiana, man. Mm. Hey, man, you know what? Shreveport, Just like Louisiana. my night, man, it gets bad, you know, bad raps, man. I love this area. I mean, I'm retired. I'm staying in this area. Really? Yes. The food is amazing. The weather, Man, it's 73 degrees out right now. All oh, right. I wish. You know, it's it's funny that you say that, too, because I'm over here in, in, in Holloman, Air Force yeah. Base, right? And everybody's – I get here, and everyone's like, this place sucks. I'm three months into the gig, and I'm like, man, I could retire out here. That's you what know? I'm saying. And I'm Arizona born and raised, so. Yeah, and then the food, man. I, that's the one thing that Minot was lacking, right? Well, yeah. yeah. You know what? The best thing that I had in Minot, though, is a place called Casa Jalisco. Some of the best birria tacos I've had in a, a North Dakota. Like, what what are the odds, right? Um, they were so good. I'll tell you, El Azteca has the best ones uh, that I've had. Well, see, here's the deal. I started with El Azteca. Okay, that's where it started. Okay. And then somebody was like, you got to yep. graduate. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, you need to go down to Casa Alisco. So I okay. go to Casa Alisco and I'm like, hey, man. I was like, I'm from southern Arizona, like southern Tucson, Arizona. I know yep. I know what good tacos are supposed to taste like. And he goes, no way. And he goes, boom. And he's got this U of A tattoo on his yep. shoulder I've, or on his elbow. Yep. And I'm yep. like, you motherfucker. And, uh, yeah, some of the best tacos I had. No. The, the El Azteca was good, but Casa Lisco kind of did the trick. They, they, they were good, man. Uh, they had the, the burrito nachos. I don't know if you ever had those before mm, you left there. Mm-mm. Man, those I had the quesadilla, just the video tacos in general. Yeah, man. But I, when I got down here, I was very surprised. They were like, yeah, we are New Mexico, but we don't have any video tacos in, in, in this town. It's, and I'm like, you don't. It's green, what? It's green chili, man. Yeah, it's just green chili. But I mean, to be fair, I've been to uh, Blake's Lotta Burger. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. Um, but my uh, my mom's boyfriend was like, "Hey, man, when you make that trip down there, what you need to do is go to Blake's Lotta Burger and get that Lotta Burger, and then get it with the green chili on there, like the supreme mm-hmm. version." And one of the best things I've had. They have another place here called Heidi Ho that has a green chili burger with everything on it. And I had actually the first time I ordered it, I was like, "Hey, man, I just want the meat, the cheese, and the green chili." Yeah. I don't know why I said that, but I said that because that's what I'm used to doing at like McDonald's, right? And uh, it comes out with everything on it. And I'm like, okay, well, this looks too beautiful because I like my food to be – I think it should be like that. When you're at an outside eatery, I think it just needs to be sloppily put together, just blah, 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 eat it. Just kind of like video tacos, right? You just dip it in there and you just eat just it, right? Mad. So it comes out looking like that. And I'm like, well, I can't send this back, man. I got to eat it, you know? And uh, one bite, and I was like, I'm so glad oh. they, they didn't do the order the way I asked it. Like, it was incredible. That's, and, I yeah. mean, it was piled high, really good. Um, but what, what is, so what's, what's the number one go-to for you then out there in Shreveport, huh? 
Oh man, dude, we're in Cajun country. So I mean, between Ooh. the crawfish etouffee, hey. uh, we man, we got a place called Bergeon's right around the corner from us, and it looks like yeah. this rundown gas station, right? But it's okay. all upscaled, nice, done on the inside, and they got these deep fried boudin stuff, pepper jack balls. Um, they got dude, some of the best smoked wings I've ever had. And it's a little you walk in, grab your stuff, and you go. Um, but then yeah, hey, the etouffee there, hands down, they got uh. Some Et, you said etouffee? Et, et, etouffee. What is etouffee. that? So it's a, uh, well, I mean, so within the Cajun, man, you got the the roux that they do, right? So you got your, your peppers, your onions, your celery, mm. and they mm -hmm. kind of get everything, that beautiful brown color. Then they, they throw in all the vegetables. But then okay. with this, man, you get the crawfish, uh, you know, the good spices. You just top that over some mm. rice. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... So I've been trying to dabble in making, you know, gumbos and everything else. Uh, just doing a lot of boudin stuff, smoked chickens that I've been making. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, just got to get the flavor of it, man. Yeah. My Cajun's a jam, though. Have you seen that? You seen hey. the dude on Facebook, right? That's guys. He calls it the Cajun two-step. Oh yeah. He's like, while we wait, we hydrate. I got that dude's Cajun seasoning, oh, and it's amazing. Hey. I put it on everything I make. Dude, it's uh. So I mean, <laughs> you got your, your traditional Cajun seasoning. You can pick up the grocery store, right? They yeah. got the local stuff that they'll have here. Oh, man. And I love you, that. That's like the best. Sweating. Just open the bag. He's smelling it. Yeah, yeah you start crying but, before you even put it in yes. the, the recipe. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is right. Oh, man, and I, I'm a big fan of that, too. I, I love being a local supporter. Like, my biggest thing, too, I yes. love to do is do local coffee. Yep. Um, because there was a couple coffee companies that they had, like the Railroad Coffee Company or something out in North Dakota. I liked drinking their yep. stuff. And then the same uh, thing I'm I, doing I here, imagine. man. Yeah, so they got this uh, Red River Brewery uh, okay. uh, brewing company. So it's right there off. Uh, it's on the way to work. So I stop in there. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. give me a, they got a 40 gram mocha, frappe, you know, coffee, frappe thing, whatever, you know, extra shot of espresso. But their coffee's okay. good. But they do local pastries brought in from other little shops here. Mm. Dude, they got this bacon egg puff. Man, this is like this beautiful flaky crust dough stuffed with scrambled eggs and bacon. Uh, super simple, man. I started making them, but it's the convenience of just stopping through and grabbing that on the way to work. And yeah, and it, it turns, little, it turns into shop. like a, a thing, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they know my order. As soon as I pull up, they give me my little military discount. You know, and they're like, I mm -hmm. haven't seen it in a while. Well, it's all up in TDY, but, you know, the mom and pop stuff, man. You know, and I, yeah, I love I that too because there's not much of it. You know, my favorite thing from my not was going down to uh, what was it called? It was that diner that they had down there by. Uh, oh, uh, um, I know exactly. I guess it wasn't as important if I can't remember it. What is yeah, it? Uh, I know, man. It's sitting here. Uh, by the truck stop that's over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it starts with, it starts with a K. Uh, it starts with a K. Kroll's, oh. Kroll's Diner. Kroll's Diner. That's what yes. it is. Was, I love that place. Anybody that yes. ever goes to North Dakota or Minot, if you go to Minot, you need to go to Kroll's Diner. But uh, I, man, it's the atmosphere of places oh, yeah. like that where you walk in and everyone's just like, ah, how you doing? And I love that. I just went to a, uh, a place here called Waffles and Pancakes. And it's incredible because I go in there and all the waitresses know everybody. They're like, Bob, how you doing today? And I'm like, see, this is the way, this is yeah. the way it's supposed to be, man, because we're just so caught up in a lot of stuff. So it's nice every now and then to be able to, to just, I, mean, I don't know, feel that again. It's like I think about it like the old barbershop vibe. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is, and you know, everything's at the fingertips nowadays, man. So if you mm -hmm. don't want to go out because you don't want to deal with anybody, just DoorDash it. Yeah. You know, 
And so and you sometimes I DoorDash, with, but the only thing hey, I DoorDash now is the Wendy's Baconator, breakfast Baconator. Mm. You know, hey, so their maple bacon chicken sandwich. Ooh, that's um, that's fire. <laughs> I might have Wendy's to check that out because when I first got the Wendy's uh, breakfast, I didn't understand what the hell those fries were, and I was like, whatever, man. I guess I'll just eat them. And then I tried one of them, and oh my Amazing. goodness, you know, yes. like life changing. How it was, was like nobody else ago. on that? Two weeks ago, I had them for the first time, and I was like, what are these things? Yes. That's ridiculous. And then that yeah. ghost pepper ranch sauce. I haven't had that. I'm just – oh, you got to get it. Yeah, okay. I have I have one sitting as backup in my refrigerator <laughs> at all times. Because sometimes, you know, Wendy's will be like, yeah, sure, we'll give you your order, but we're going to miss something. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I appreciate that. Usually it's the ghost pepper ranch sauce, so now I have a backup at all times. See, I've got to have to check that out. Man. Yeah. All right, so it's – Cut into some some of the some of the goods, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, so you've been in for 20 years. You said one of your one of your biggest achievements yeah. is being in and staying in for this long. Um, I'm kind of curious on how all of that kind of started, right? You, you came into security forces. What was your first base, and what did that kind of actually? Well, backstep one more time. What did that look like? You coming into security forces? Did you choose it, or was it given to you? No. Uh, so it was one of those things where you know uh, you, you come in. Uh, having hopes and aspirations as a young 18 year old with them mm. dangling cash in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, things don't work out. And then you're, you're provided options. You know, either you get out or you're going to go in this direction. Yeah. Uh, well, I knew I didn't have an option to get out. I had nothing to go back to. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, man, you know, security forces, you know, they showed the, the dirt bike video jumping out of planes. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. we, yeah. we can do this. Um, you know, so this was, yeah, I came in March of 2002. Um, you know, so get through tech school. My first base was Effie Warren. Okay. So I remember getting my assignment, like, hey, you're going to Effie Warren. I was like, is that overseas? And they're like, no, <laughs> it's, they're like, it's in Cheyenne. I was like, is, is this overseas? Yeah. You know? No, uh, it, no, it's a deployment to the States, the, my guy. Oh. You know, yeah, right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, lo and behold, I end up in, uh, in Cheyenne, Wyoming in August of 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, what a ride, you know, yeah. of course, you know, 19 years old or just about to turn 19 at that point, um, looking at this barren environment, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, man, as a troop coming in, I could not have asked for a better setup mm. and I'll still hold truth to this, man. Uh, us new troops and job knowledge wise, it is, we've got it, you know? It's uh, and it's the discipline that we had to come into, because it's not yeah. like any other base where you can, you can gray area stuff. You know, nuke troops, mm-hmm. man. We we had to know things word for word. I mean, it was just, yeah. and it really stuck with me and set the uh, the tone for the rest of my younger years as an airman. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man. So I went from FE, did a couple years there, then uh, got an assignment over to Andrews. Um, okay. Ooh, did yeah, a couple yeah. deployments out of there. Did the Raven gig. Then went to Travis, did a couple deployments out of there, uh, did the Raven gig. Then, you know, Fort Leonard Wood, where I was a SRT instructor, uh, with the army for four years. And then Minot, where I met you, um, you know, that point tail end of the career, man, it's 17 years in when I got to Minot, well, not 15 years in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but yeah, man, so it's been a good career. Can't complain. So my next question, and this changes with a lot of, cause ever since I, 
right when I got in, I've always been the individual that kind of hangs around the older crowd, the experienced crowd, because I like to talk to people who have been through things because that's how, that's what helps me get through things. You know what I'm saying? That's why I know so much at a younger age is because I ask and I ask people that have been through similar situations. My question for you is, um, and I want to see if it's kind of similar because a lot of folks have said that it changes as you serve. So what was the first thing that kept you and made you re-enlist and then throughout the years what kept you in and what kept you doing the security forces gig man um you know at the very beginning uh the first re-enlistment uh man yeah i already had a couple deployments underneath the belt um to me there was a brotherhood Mm -hmm. right um we all kind of stayed in i felt like getting out I would have, I'd be leaving them. Yeah. You know? God, I wish we had that now. Cause oh man, when I tell yeah, you, right? I don't feel that. Woo! Right. I uh, wish, you know, but I mean, dude, we, we, we chewed a lot of dirt together. So it was just one of yeah. those things. And so, uh, now my 10 year mark, I almost got out. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, old lady got pregnant and I was like, fuck. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 Uh, and, and it would have been in a little gap of where, I wouldn't have had insurance coverage uh, when she was due. And man, so I was like, all right, let me just fight the bullet, right? Okay. So re-enlisted, and that was for family. You know, thank God I did, man, because she had a horrible delivery. She almost died on the table. Um, I mean, the little man was huge. He was like 10 pounds, 23 inches long. I was like, you better get a damn job. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> mama's left, you know, struggling. Comes out with a you mustache. Know. You're like, my oh, guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was personal reason. You know, I, I felt like that was the best thing for me to do. And at that point, I was like, man, they got me. I'm at 10 plus years, mm-hmm. you know. And so now I just got to figure out a way to, to ride out the rest. So it, yeah. first one, man, it was it was, man, it was nothing selfish. It was more selfless because, like I said, man, I, I had my guys, you know, and I at that point truly loved what I was doing. Yeah. That's that's neat too because a lot of from a lot of the NCOs that I've talked to, it's kind of reversed, right? Um, it started off with uh, four years later, six years later, I was now married and I had a kid, so I kind of felt like it was my duty to kind of stay in, you know, and provide yeah. for the folks. But then after that, the next enlistment, it came from putting on staff, becoming an NCO, becoming mm-hmm. a supervisor, and then now you're staying in for the troops. Now you're like, I, I can't get enough of being a supervisor. I can't get enough of taking care of my folks. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's neat to hear that, especially because I got those answers from people that I did not expect it from either. Some of the crustier NCOs where I'm like, man, so like, what did, what kept you in, man? What are you still doing here? And it's like, honestly, it's the troops. Like, yeah. fuck everything else. I don't care about all this other stuff. It's literally the troops and taking care of them and getting them towards, you know, greatness or whatever they want. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've kind of talked about a little stuff on that on the other side, man. It's, uh, you know, you, you've got a hundred people, man. And if you can reach 10, mm-hmm. that's a win, right? You know? Yeah. And so it is, man, you know, it's, it's almost a, it's almost a drug. It's a, it becomes an addiction, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as a supervisor, you're trying to reach that person and get through to them because you can see it. It's right there. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And when the breakthrough happens, man, it's like, fuck, I told you, let's do yeah. this game on now you know 
And that's, so that's something that we have going on right now too, is I, I have one of my folks that I am, I have taken under my wing. Um, he, I just QC. So it's funny. You started talking about the new troop and all that, like mm-hmm. just knowing the information, man, down pat. And I come out here and I'm dealing with some of the folks out here that just, they want to know the information, but it's, it's all great. So you don't really need to know it like that. But then you go, yeah, in my not, you got a one C's that can read you the whole book. Right. I was one of the guys too, where I was like, you know what, instead of you just asking me questions, how about I tell you what's on page one, the glossary page two, it's all the acronyms, you know, and it just keep going. Right. Uh, but I came out here and it's a little bit like, it's just different. It's a different vibe, but I'm learning all my information on top of learning all the airmen's information. And then on top of that, becoming an NCO and a supervisor for my very first time in my career. Right. It's a, it's a different change, but I'm still studying my information, man. And one of my cats, he ended up, uh, he ended up failing his QC, right. Which is never a good thing. I ended up passing my QC and I hope it's kind of like motivation to him. Cause I was like, man, you just, you just got to do it. What I'm telling you, I'm not putting bullshit in your ear right now when I tell you how to study this information because I just studied mine, yours, and became a supervisor all at the same time. And I passed, man. And I'm a nuke troop. I've never done LE stuff before. But right now, this kid's spitting things out now, and it's amazing. You ask him a question, he goes, oh, sorry, and it's this. And you're like, yes, man, I told you, man, just keep doing it. And it's like so – it's so motivating. And it when really you, is. You see that spark, man, and just that flame just starts to fucking hit. And so, oh, yeah. Once, and then they get belief in themselves, man. And so, as soon as they start mm-hmm. to get a little bit of trust and the belief in themselves, dude, they know it's, it's game over, man. You're oh, not yeah. going to stop them. And I, and I, I just, I wish the best for him too, man. Cause he, he, about a month and a half ago, he actually um, wrecked his vehicle, man. Believe it or not, it was a nicer vehicle. And ever since then, things have been just kind of going downhill. And I'm like, look, dude, you're not, you have an option right now to let this make or break you. Why are you going to let you wrecking a vehicle and you've been able to walk away from this fine ruin you? Like, dude, there are so many bigger things out there. Right. And then at the same time, just kind of conveying it to him like, Hey man, you've been constantly getting in trouble. Like since that happened. And I'm like, dude, you're start, you're, you're, you're now getting, becoming a crosshair. Like you are inside of the crosshairs right now. You don't want to be that guy. And I think it's finally starting to make sense to him where he's like, you know what? I get it. I get it. And I'm like, this is it. Everything is still in your control. You have full control right now. You had full control the first time. All you needed to do was study your information, go past that QC, and you would have been fine. Now, second time around, you are still in full control, whether you believe it or not. You just got to study a little bit more. But if you fail one more time, you're no longer going to be in full control. You're going to be pulled in off duty to study. Your, your, your life's going to get tougher. And he's like, you know what, Sarn? You're right. You're right. And I'm like, yes, say it, man. Scream it, you know? Yeah, man. And so sometimes, you know, and, and talking about that, you know, you being a supervisor and, and I mean, and we can sit there, we can pull them over at, at, at the job at work, right? And sit down with them and kind of cover down on some things. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, you bring them in off duty, right? Whether you go meet them at for lunch or something, you mm-hmm. sit down, you you cover down on, you, you get you get personal, you get real with them, right? And so they, they see that you're, you're human as well, right? And so, uh, man, sometimes a kid just needs a little bit of guidance. Sometimes they need that tough love. So don't be afraid to smack them around. You know, <laughs> I mean, we, we all yeah. learn differently, man. <laughs> you know, and the one thing I, I would always take away from my, my guys is I'd always ask them where they're from, yep. right? Because it's going to let me know how I could talk to them. Like I got some inner city kid, man, I could be just hammered down through and direct mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, some kid that grew up, you know, rural, you know, Midwest somewhere. Uh, you know, close knit family, and you got a different tactic. Be a little bit more gentle, but still deliver that message. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so, dude, where's this kid from? 
I don't know exactly where he's from, but what I can tell you is what's rate what what raised him was being given everything. He's been given everything in life. So now after wrecking his vehicle and getting a sense of what the real life is, me and me and mm-hmm. your boy, you remember we talked about him the other day. Uh, me and him have been working with this with this gentleman and telling him, hey man, yeah. look, the real world will will wreck you if you let it. If you let this choose your path, it oh, will yes. absolutely tear you up. And he's now finally starting to understand, like, hey man, I'm not gonna be giving shit anymore. Like it's now time for me to go out and get what I want. You know, so that's kind of what we're working on him with is kind of telling him, hey, man, if you want it, you can go get it. But nothing's going to be given to you anymore. So, well, man, it's it's simple. It's time to nut up. All right. Um, oh, yeah. Hey, dude, you, you fell. Smack your face. Dust yourself off. Get your shit back together. Start moving. All right. The longer you sit there on the fucking X, man, you, you're just going to start taking blows. So. And it's 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 happening. Get your shit together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just starts to wallow in his own bullshit. Hey, man, shit's gonna happen. Learn from it. And I, you remember earlier in the morning telling him that, and I was like, "Look, man, like you're you're gonna be in the crosshair now, and you're letting this. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna tell you, man to man, right now, what I see. I see somebody who looks like they don't give a shit anymore. You're letting this tear you up, and nobody wants to talk to you anymore because they just think you don't give a shit about shit, man. And he's like, "Well, that's not the thing." And then four hours later, he comes back and he goes, "Sorry, you're right." Yeah, I started thinking about it, and you're right. I'm letting this tear me up. I'm letting this choose, you know, I'm letting this take me down the wrong path, and I don't want it to be like that. So then we started talking about other things, and I'm just kind of teaching them that how to be that professional airman now. Oh, yeah. No longer be that cool kid. I want you to now – you need to be you need to be that that airman now. No longer cool so, kid. You need to be that airman. Let me ask you, man. You know, what was – did you have one of those points? You know, did someone, you know <laughs> – that kind of got to you and then you know how'd that work you know uh for me for me personally i was on uh i was doing the 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 ellie-ish side when i was on uh in minot right and we were studying some of the material and the guy came in he's like hey he, he's like uh yo mikey what's what's the answer to this and i'm like ah. he's like okay cool you've had all week in the study so uh how about this one and i'm like ah. and he's like okay here's one that everybody should know there's no way you don't know this and then i didn't know it and he goes you know what fuck you and then he, he looks at everybody else in the room too because we didn't have any of the answers he goes fuck all of you like I came in here on my off-duty time to make sure that you guys knew this information, but you guys don't give a shit. So you know what? It's up to you. And if you fail your QC, life's gonna suck. And then he walks nope. out. There's a lot more. There's a lot more dirty language, oh, yeah. kind of in there. Oh yeah. Um, but we all looked at each other, and then finally, like five minutes go by, and we're like, "That's this is legit." Like this dude literally just walked out on us. So then I started hitting the books really, really heavy, and then I ended up switching because I didn't want to go. Uh, fifth side. I wanted to go 91st. So they actually gave me the call that was like, Hey man, you can either go or stay. And, uh, my folks are actually under the impression that I was, I wanted to stay, but, um, I told them, you know, I think it's better if I go. And that's kind of what fueled, I got, I got lucky in a sense because I brought to them somebody who wanted to be on fifth side and I wanted to be on nine one. So I was like, it doesn't make sense for us to not, to not do this. So all of that happening at once, when I went 791, I ended up just studying my ass off. I got to the point where, like, I knew that book, you know, front to back, front to back. And I just, I didn't want to be that dude in the room where if they go, hey, man, do you know this? And I go, no, I don't. And then everyone looks at me like, why the fuck do you not know that? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be that guy. So that's what fueled me. 
And I also wanted to be left alone. It got to the point where I was like, look, if I want to be out there for 12 hours, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want right. leadership in my ass all the time. So that's what I've told this, this, this airman. I'm like, dude, the best way to get left alone is to know you. That was kind of like my, my senior airman to yes. him kind of talk was like, Hey man, if you want to get left the fuck alone, learn your information. And every time we come out there, you just go blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let me go find somebody who doesn't know doesn't that much. Know. And then you can let that feed your ego. You, you know? know, you know, that was a good question. I appreciate you for asking me that. I don't no, usually man. get questions on here. So hey, dude, it's, it's all about turning the things around so you can just become better, you know, what you're doing for your guys. So that's, that's what I'm freaking saying, man. Um, on the topic of troops, man, you got any you got you got any stories about just one one that just either makes you laugh a lot or just one of those kind of like just was so outlandish where you're like, I just don't even know how this was a thing, you know? Uh, you know, I think um, one that pops off right off the bat, man, and it's um, dealing with adversity, right, and and kind of dealing with the the hardship of telling someone the hard truth, right? Yeah. Uh, even though one, you know, cause uh, let's be real, man, you, you become friends with some of your troops. It just, it's natural. You guys are always around each other. You learn each other, you know? And so that, that we're, natural we're gravity, human, you know? yeah, it, it kind of happens that way. Right. You know, but you keep that professional, you know, line there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so in fact, we'll go back to the mine out days, right? I was doing the whole TRF thing that had me yeah. reconfiguring the team, doing all these tryouts. I had one of my guys, uh, who was, uh, a, a charger. Yeah, dude, he was mm -hmm. a fucking pit bull for me on flight when I was a 791. Um, wanted to go TRF. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it could be like, hey, yeah, I could just pull you over. I was like, it's not how this works, man. This is, yeah, you're trying out. Everybody's trying out. I was like, I mm -hmm. fired guys that were already on the team that tried out because I'm trying to get rid of this cancer culture, right? Um, oh, yeah, so I remember I, that. <laughs> I, I was having to cut it all out, man. And I was, dude, I was a, a, the enemy for a lot of people. Cool, man. Yeah, doesn't hurt my fucking feelings. I still sleep great at night. Yeah, got um, a job to do at the end of the day, man. Yeah, man. And so, you know, kid comes out, he tries out, uh, doesn't get selected. Yeah. Um, and so uh you're pretty pretty butthurt, and I tell him, Hey, this is this is why, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and he starts running his fucking mouth. Uh, and then you know, shortly thereafter, you know, get TRF set up and a couple months go by, and I you know, I know this guy's been talking trash. Yeah, but I still just let him kind of go through his process right i'm over as the msaw superintendent and there's an opportunity that we need some new crf bubbles mm -hmm. so he gets pulled over to crf mm. some shit goes down and uh i had to uh kick him off crf wow um you know and so yet again there's already conflict between this individual and i and having to sit there and be like hey you're the reason things are fucked up mm -hmm. you did this which led to this. Now you're going back to where you are. Yeah. Um, but, and I told him, you know, cause whenever I, I was sending him back to the unit he came from, it was where his strengths were because I knew what his strengths were. He wanted to be something that he just really wasn't. And, it, and it's fine. You know, we all have what our niche is, right. And where yeah. we're best suited. And, you know, and, and as a leader, something you have to find out down the road, man, is, you are going to have people that you're, you're dealing with. Some are going to be, you know, your LE savvy dudes. You're going to have your admin dudes, you, you know? And so where mm -hmm. to kind of strategically place these people to where one, it benefits the team, but it makes your life easier. Yeah. Right. And so I remember sending this kid back and I was like, look, 
this is the section you need to go to. Mm-hmm. I will be more than willing to help you out, get you set up, make you successful as long as you are willing to be successful, put in the work. Man, this kid goes in, he he, he listens to me, right? Because yeah. he knows yeah. I'm always going to be real with him. Goes in, we have the NSI come up. Mm-hmm. I, I sat down with him, told him how to prep his section. Dude, him and his team get out. Uh, superior team. He gets identified as superior performer, right? And just... It, it, it was all fired, man. Mm-hmm. And so it did. It took him a while, but he came back around saying, hey, look, I'm really sorry about the shit I was saying. I was like, dude, first of all, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I, I appreciate it, but yeah. you, you're not going to hurt my fucking feelings. This is a job. I've got a mm-hmm. job to do. It's not anything against you personally. It's just professionally, I did not have a place for you. Some people don't understand that, and so they, they'll mix and skew the lines. Um, you know, to this day, the kid PCS, he's no longer there, but Dude, yeah, constant contact, constant reaching out. Uh, because one, as a friend, I'm going to tell him where he's fucked up. Mm-hmm. As a supervisor, you know, a leader, I'm going to tell you where you fucked up. All right. But you don't leave it as that. Hey, man. So where do you think you can build from? You know, and getting them to think through their own problems. Um, but I mean, dude, that, that's just one thing. So, you know, you, you see when people stumble, when they fall, when oh, yeah. they're they're blaming others, you know, the blame of the source of which they think is their fucking problem when all they need to do is look inside, right? Look mm-hmm. at that fucking mirror. All right. Hey, this is where I fucked up and take ownership. Right. And so that's one of the things that I've always pressed on the guys, man, you're going to fuck up. I expect you to fuck up, mm-hmm. take ownership of it. Right. But when you, you keep fucking up the same things, we're not learning. And yeah. when you stop learning, that's where I'm going to start to fucking hammer you. You know? And so, Dude, I think we as a career field, and you can, from the base that you're at now to where you've been, we harp that everything has to be perfect, all right? You can never be wrong. Nothing can ever fucking go wrong. When in reality, man, dude, that, that skews the fucking young troops' minds to where they're fucking scared to fucking do anything, right? And so go wrong every day. Absolutely, man. But so, you know, you ask Aaron Snuffy a fucking question, and he just sits there. In his mind, he's like, well, I know the question, but if I'm wrong, I'm going to get fucked up. But if I don't say yeah. anything, I might not get fucked up as bad. Mm-hmm. And so we've created this culture on our own by saying, no, everything's going to be fucking this way. You're X, Y, Z. Man, it's it's not a fucking checklist, bro. Yeah. Dude, there's, there's learning that has to occur. You need to let your people fail. And I know yeah. that is just mind-blowing to some. All right. So your troop that failed, you know, his QC, your troop that, you know, you wrecked his fucking car. What are, you know, yeah. dude, these are all learning experiences that are going to shape him down the road, which, and he's either going to take it and fucking thrive mm-hmm. or he's going to let it fucking bury him. Two choices, yeah. man. Two choices. And he's been, he's been choosing the latter, man. We're trying, yeah. to, we're try, we're trying to pull him back in, you know? And, and it's not too late once you get down that road a little bit, man, especially if you got yeah. someone oh, yeah. like you that is there to help him realize, be like, look, man, this shit ain't all fucking rainbows or fucking cupcakes. Mm-hmm. All right, dude, you're you're in the fucking military now. You're not in mommy daddy's fucking little, you know, pocket. Yeah. You are on your own. Be a fucking man. Dude, take your lumps. You're going to take, dude, we've all taken them. Mm-hmm. Oh, 39. yeah. 39. I'm still taking lumps. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, and, you know, from a, you know, person that's been in as long as I have to, you know, these new generation of leaders that are coming up to the airmen are coming in today. Don't be afraid to fuck up. Don't cover it up. Right. Yeah, have yeah, the ownership, yeah. you know, because that's going to get you a lot fucking further. 
but learn from your mistakes. That is, man. Yeah, it seems like a lot more airmen are choosing the, the flight response instead of the fight response, which is oh, yeah. something I don't think, and it's very bad right now because, yeah, hey, man, we're not really at war, right? We're not doing anything crazy, right? But no. if the time fucking came, you know what I'm saying? We need to be, we need to be ready. I'm not going to oh, give yeah. anybody an answer as to how we're operating right now, but I'm going to tell you that if the time fucking came, we need to be willing to fucking answer and people need to know their material because that's what I kind of try to convey to him too. I was like, look, man, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this to you in two ways. Okay. The first way is we operate as cops. Okay. So you need to know what you're fucking doing in order to be my alpha, because if you don't know what you're doing, that's going to get me killed. Now let's mm-hmm. back it up a little bit. Okay. We're not out shooting people. We're not running fire team operations right now, trying to fucking do CQB. Right. We're learning information. You as my alpha need to know information. If you don't know information, that means you're not doing your job correctly. That means you can't be on my fire team because you don't know what you're doing and you need to know what you're doing. And he's like, that makes sense. And I'm like, well, I I know. (laughs) I know it does. But I I try to give it him in in two ways. The very Mm -hmm. serious way, like, hey, man, if if the time comes, we need to be able to answer. You need to know this material. But in the broad spectrum of things, you're expected to know this stuff and you've been in for four months. I need to see that you can do that if you expect to be on my fire team. That's the whole point. Because if you yeah. keep messing up, the Air Force has oh, yeah. things for you, right? We oh, got yeah. we got civilian below the zone. We can we can push you in that direction, <laughs> but I don't want to do that. You know, that's the last yeah. thing I want to do as a fucking supervisor and NCO is have that one day where they go, "Hey, man, we're pushing this guy out." I'm like, "Nah, man. There's, there's it's in there, man. It's fucking in there." You know. So you know, as a as a young staff man, you know, granted it was. Different times, you know, you kind of hit on, you know, we're not at war. You know, when I was a yeah. young staff, we were. And so mm-hmm. it was a different mentality. I was that pit bull. Mm-hmm. I, I was one that the fucking, you know, the text the masters were like, Spitty, go get it. Got it. Done. You know, go <laughs> shoot that. some fucking ass. Yeah. We go do yeah, some PT. Yeah. All right. Um, but, you know, it's funny as I've gotten older, right? You know, one, uh, I, I don't fucking move around like I used to. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm broke as shit. But so I've learned to take a different kind of mindset. And this is one thing I wish I would have known, you know, known as a younger NCO, but it's mm-hmm. more of the, the dad approach. All right. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you foster this family environment. Um, and I used to tell you guys, man, this is a team. It's a family. You know, it's a dysfunctional fucking family, but it's our oh, yeah. family. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you, you foster that you know, mentality of, hey, we not, we're not doing things as individuals just to do them. We're doing them. The reason I need you to do well in this is because you're going to be taking care of this person. You know, or like you're saying, be on my team, be my alpha, mm-hmm. you know, because then you start developing that. I don't want to let anyone else down. I don't yeah. want to be the reason that something got fucked up and their hurt or, you know, this went wrong. Um, you know, a, a good buddy of mine was we were talking about our airman days mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he grew up in the, the 820th. Okay. And so they had a thing that if they got in trouble by their their NCO, they had to go find a buddy, a random buddy in their unit, and ask them to go get smoked with them. Or, <laughs> okay, okay, remedial training. Okay. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that would be so, amazing. <laughs> right, right. But so, I... he, he, and he's like, dude, he's like, it happened to me twice. And he's like, it mm-hmm. only took two times. He's like, because I felt like such a dick. He, he's yeah. like, I had to go to one of my buddies and be like, can you, can you come with me? Right, we're gonna go get smoked. And they're like, yeah. fuck. You're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. But that's you know, fucking beautiful. Oh, Are you kidding me? It's it, it's teaching that, hey, man. The reason this person. Hey there. 
Yep, yep. Okay. You're kind of disconnected. You're going in and bit. out. Um, yeah, yeah. There we okay. go. Okay, now you're good. Um, but yeah, man, it was just one of those things where it's, you know, it, it, it fosters that, like I said, that family. You don't want to disappoint somebody because you're fucking stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. So it makes you think twice about not doing some stupid shit, you yeah. know? But it also, for the sake of the folks around you. Where yeah. They're like, yeah, man. And so it just drives that home. And so, like I said, man, you can take both aspects and be that fucking pit bull. <laughs> and then, well, still you know, have that you know what's funny approach. too? What's what's crazy about that? I love about that too is because it, it it like you said right it fosters that looking out for your teammates mentality, but it's not the blanket punishment that people know and fucking love to do for mm-hmm. some reason. You're not shitting on the whole fucking unit by trying to instill, hey man, you need to you know operate with your team too. You know now you're you're yeah. you're still fostering that mentality without having to fucking punish a whole damn unit. And I think that that's incredible. I'm so glad you actually mentioned that. I think a lot of people will probably benefit from literally hearing that when they listen to this. That's incredible. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one thing when I was a flight chief with 791, man, mm-hmm. I got spoken to by the commander numerous times about what I was doing because mm-hmm. I don't like paperwork. I fucking hate doing paperwork. Yeah. One, I hate writing it. Two, one fuck up and you're getting some bullshit, right? You're not getting a deck leave and whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So the guys knew in the field that uh yeah i'll just say hey they left a weapon unsecure we'll just we'll keep it that simple on this one right mm, mm, i got a story for this too yeah let's say oh it. yeah so yep. uh, i remember doing a post check at a math and finding a you know something in a, in a vehicle <laughs> yeah. and man you know bring that into the vehicle and i'm just there to check some 1800s right mm-hmm. i'll go in start talking to the guys be like hey you get go get all your shit. where's your weapons at of course you know Aaron snuffy comes up I'm like, all right, where's that man? He's like, uh, I was like, I got it for you. Don't, I'm here for you. I'm like, where's your, where's your alpha? Where's your lead? And he comes up, and I was like, all right. I was like, what's your button number? He's like, I, I don't know, sir. I was like, cool. I do. I can read. Don't worry. I was like, you want option A or option B? What's option A? Option A is paperwork. I was like, here's yeah. the thing about paperwork, man. I was like, you fuck up once, you're right. And like I was just saying, man, your your deck. Is going to be thrown out the fucking window more than likely, and it's going yeah. to stick with you. And I was like, I don't like that. I was like, option B. I was like, what are the fuck I say it's going to be? And they're like, uh. <laughs> I was like, so you want option A or option B? They're like, option B. And I'd go around. Everybody sees they want option B. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, okay. I was like, your button number is two hundred six. I was like, you got the rest of the day. You and your partner both owe me two hundred six burpees. Get it done. Hey. You know. Okay. Um, because, and he's like, of course the lead's like, well, why am I here? You're just fucking, you're the lead. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to be looking out for each other. You yeah. did it. You're yep. just as fucking responsible. Right. Um, I mean, I had a kid that they, uh, left the math and he forgot an ammo can. Right. <laughs> he carried around a 35 pound weight for the rest yeah. of his fucking tour. He ate he with should. it, slept with it, fucking, you know, yeah. everything. And that was his token to get his ammo can back. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Because <laughs> uh, imagine being in a firefight and that's the one can that you needed. But guess what? You fucking left it. Yeah, you know. And so, yeah, everybody in that that team had had some weight to carry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I did. I, I got spoken to. Well, why are you doing this? This is hazing. I was like, it's not hazing. It's not I was hazing. like, it's, it's remedial training. Uh, I was like, everything is involved based around the team concept not to do it again. I was like, and we talked through it. I was like, and I gave them the option whether they want paperwork or this. 
Uh, yeah, and they chose they chose it. So yeah, and th- and it blows my it. mind that that shit's yeah. considered hazing, and it, 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 it's ridiculous. But I mean, there's obviously ways to, to to handle these scenarios nowadays to be a little bit more, I guess you could say, PC. But it's ridiculous. Like if you do something fucking stupid, drop and give me twenty push-ups. I'll drop and give you. Like I, <laughs> there was somebody in uh, in Minot. I was at the at MSOS, right? I left my CAC in one of the offices, and I come back <laughs> in, and he goes, "Hey, man." I'm like, what's up? He's like, you left your cack, huh? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, you get it back if you give me 20 push-ups. Literally gave him 20 push-ups, no problem. Got my cack back. I didn't have a problem with it, but it made sense to me. I was just like, you know what? You, you're right. You know what? That's yeah. my mistake. Because if somebody that shouldn't have their hands on my cack gets their hands on it, it's not going to be a good day. Especially when we're talking about people being able to get into this installation with my credentials. Because you know yeah. damn well not everybody looks at the ID and goes, you know? Yeah, mm. you know, but... It- and I think the, the way that, you know, me personally, I was able to get around with this and, and not have EO called as much as I probably should have is mm-hmm. because I had, I fostered that relationship with them that, Hey, I'm going to fucking take care of you. Yeah. Be honest with me. I, I would always tell them, Garma, hey, go fuck up something new today. Just don't get me the commander's office. A couple of yeah. times I was in the commander's office, but Hey, it's, that's what I'm here for. But, and yeah, I would always I'll, tell them, I'll hey, fight for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'll tell them, Hey, this rooftop. I was like, this rooftop is to push shit out of the fucking way for you. I was mm-hmm. like, to shield you from all the bullshit that comes from fucking leadership so you can do your fucking job. I was like, so I work for you, yep. you know? And so once they hear that, they know <laughs> I, I wasn't out to just fuck with them. There's, mm-hmm. there's learning that's going to be taken care of. I'm going to fucking take care of you, but I need you to do this. You know, do your fucking job. That's all I'm asking you. Not do anything else, anything extra. Just do your fucking job. Speaking of that too, man, it was crazy. Finally, like finally now being, uh, being a, not a training NCO, but now being an NCO, being a supervisor and being able to, I am now that last portion of the mountain to where now I decide on how this gets rolled on to the airmen. And usually it's telling the airmen like, look, man, we shouldn't be doing that, but it's going to be all right. These are things that we can uh, fix. But the talk that I got to was what the fuck are they thinking? Right. But then you go talk to them and they're like, Hey guys, you know what? Hey, we'll fix it. All right. It's too easy. It's small stuff. We'll hammer it down and we're going to look good. We're going to look real good. You know, but dude, my first three fucking days on flight, I had to write an LOR keyword had, had, had. you were directed to, right? I was directed to, because before I even decided to write it, I said, you know what? Do I have the option to stand up and say, I'm not going to do this. And they go, Nope. They were like, they will do it themselves if you decide not to do it. So the reason I did it was because it now made it a flight level LOR, meaning you know what that is. Mm-hmm. I can remove it whenever the hell I want to. Yep. And this airman's been doing very good since then. And I'm, I'm actually going to remove it before he goes on a deployment, take it right out. It's going to be done. Um, but yeah, he left his weapon unattended. Now the way he did it was not good. He left it in the back seat of the posting hey. vehicle with the window down loaded. And guess who found it? The okay. Captain. The captain. Oh, the it. captain. I'm so the, not running around. Okay. Yeah. If it was a, if it was a flight yeah. chief, if it was a tech arm, easy. We would have squashed it. We would have taken him out to one of the other posts and smoked him for a little bit. We would have had a good little session. Never talked about it again. But somebody else found it. Right. And that's just one of the things, mm. though, because on something like that, that's where, that one up. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's the, the idea of trying to convey like, hey, man, you know, what if somebody else got their hands on that weapon? Not only did you just leave your weapon, you left a loaded weapon in the backseat of a vehicle with the window down. So that means it was accessible to anybody and everybody. Oh, yeah. If somebody was not having a good day that day and they got your hand, that, their hands on it, that's 30 shots, man. That's 30 rounds that they could have sent for anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. And it started with he took responsibility, but at the same time, he didn't. He was like, I, I know that I did it, but, you know, the window wouldn't go down. And I'm like, did you just blame an inanimate object? I'm like, it's your weapon, man. Carry it on you. He's like, yeah, but they, they took too long to do my appointment. And I'm like, you take your weapon, man. We are cops. We go everywhere with our weapon besides into the medical building. You know this. Yep. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. And I'm like, yeah, or you could have turned in. Because that's another thing, too. If you're yeah. post, if you get properly relieved, go back to the armory, turn your weapons in, and then you can go to your appointment. And he's like, oh, I would never thought about that. And that was the learning experience. Hey, man, next time you go through this, how about you go to the armory, turn your weapons in, go handle your business like you need to, take your time, come back, get your stuff, and yeah. go. Because now that we're not in the nuke world, it's a little bit different. We have things that we can do. I got ordered to go home a couple days ago because I was sick. I was like, what? I was, And it was the senior too, man. The senior's like, hey, I want you to go home. And I'm like, nah, sir, I'm good. I'm good. I can, I can do my job. I'm one of the two NCOs on flight right now that are certified yeah. and able to do the tasks we need to do. He goes, no, I want you to go home. And I was like, no, sir, I'm, I'm feeling all right. And he's like, well, are you sick? And I go, well, I'm not sick. I don't feel good, but I'm willing to do the job. And he goes, then I want you to go home. And I was like, well, I... Uh, and then I, I look away from him and I, I start divvying up answers in my brain. And I go, sir, I'm all right. I got a job that needs to get done. I'm going to do it. And he goes, you're going back to squadron right now. I'm calling your master and you're going home. And I go, oh, shit. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm at home. But Roger that's the that. mind not mentality that was coming out of my mouth, right? Is that no, you don't get fucking relieved when you're oh, yeah. two hours away out at post you know what i'm saying if you're sick you're sick swallow it up do what you got to do you know take care of business and then later that day you know maybe something can happen when it's like night shift or something you know but that's just the mentality fucking i had make a calm stop and get some fucking yeah hey swallow some fucking pills yeah, i mean it's pussy, a different world man know? but i mean yeah you know yeah that's right at the it's end of the day like i was laying on the oh. couch man and i was like you know what and you um, know and that's where it's a we got the little breaky breaky going. Can you hear me now? You there? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> I was just saying when I when I got home and I was laying on the couch, man, I was like, you know what? I think it was good that I actually got sent home because the answers I was giving him were not the answers that I would typically give if I was in the right state of mind. Because I did all of that in front of an airman, like I mean, an air, a one striper airman. And I remember telling him like the next day, I was like, don't, don't do what I just did. I have a couple more stripes on my shirt, but at the same time, never talk to a, let alone a senior enlisted leader like that. Like that's not, you know, if you get told to do something, you know, most of the time it's, it's out of the kindness. So just do it. But I felt like I was being like, you know what I'm saying? I felt like I was abandoning my post when he was like, go home. I was like, I can't, I just can't do it. And he's like, no, hey, but like, that's, that's like my guys one, are here, man. <laughs> At least you got someone looking out for you, right? You yeah. Because at the end of the day, bro, we're numbers. Mm-hmm. We're numbers. Okay. We're replaceable. And sometimes that's hard for us to think about. At the end of the day, we're replaceable. So if you get the opportunity because someone's going to take care of you, let them take care of you. Yeah. If you get the opportunity to take care of your troop, beat feet, man. I got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you, you can know? take care of yourself, like take, take care of yourself when you need oh, it. When you're man. off, man, be off, you know? But that's, yeah, I, and I, I, I went in, that. I know, I, I know I'm a, uh, 
24/7 for me. I I, I like to, I got to be working. I got to be working. Here I am. I'm doing yep. a, I'm doing a military podcast. You know, I'm doing the yeah. I'm doing everything. I'm always constantly working. Now I'm starting to dial it back a little bit. I'm really starting to dial back and handle what I know I can handle, so I can actually come into work recharged, right? Because I like to shut that when I'm at work. It's 110%. So when I'm off work, I can actually go 0% work, right? Because yeah. I took care of everything when I was there. So I can actually take care of myself. Now that I become an NCO, it gets a little bit more difficult because things follow you home. Troops oh, follow you home. You know, stuff like that follows you home. Now, if you know how to take care of yourself, though, it makes it a little bit easier to where you can still properly recharge yourself for work. But it was nice. I went and talked to the senior and I was like, look, man, I, I, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have talked to you the way I did. He's like, dude, I didn't give a shit. He was like, um, I just wanted it's, it's, it's a good thing for the, uh, the airmen to see that we'll take care of you. And at the end of the day, too, we'll take care of the NCOs as well. I want you to understand that, you know, that we will we will. It's, it's OK for an NCO to have a day off, too. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Because me and me and me and your buddy, we're, we're the only NCOs right now on flight. Like we are the only staffs and we're certified now. So it makes it even more double down. Like we got to be posted, you know, and me, we, me and him have not had a training day since like three, two months ago. And all these other cats are getting their training days and getting their stuff. So it kind of turned into, it turned into a, we're like, I need to be doing this. I get it. I got to be working 24 seven. Now we're finally starting to get people back from deployments. Man. We're starting to get people back from training. Now we're, we're going to start finding those days where hopefully I can get myself a training day. Cause all I want to do now, now that I'm certified, I want to sit down with my folks. I want to sit down with my troops. I want to do ACAs. I want to know what made you join. I want to know what you want. I want to know your goals so we can talk about the air force's goals so we can actually set you up for success. Cause some of these cats out here have just been doing the job. They've just been jobbing it, but they have no direction as to where you can take yourself, what you can do. What, this job's coming up. Hey, man, you need to start writing a resume. How do I do that? Well, holy shit, are we failing you right now? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So those are, the, those are the days now I'm starting to look forward. Now that I've taken care <laughs> of my certification, now I can start you know, building these airmen up to be professionals instead of just being fucking go for airmen, right? Absolutely, man. You know, and it's just give it a back, man, you know, and, and doing the things that you wish that your supervisor would have told you that you had to figure out on your own, making sure that yeah. these guys are taken care of, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's, there is a book on how to be a supervisor, right? It don't, it doesn't fucking work. All right. Yeah. It, I, yeah. Work. it gives you, I wouldn't think it would either. You know, it, it's just like, you know, parenting, same thing, man. There's no book on parenting, uh, you know, but for us yeah. as supervisors and leaders, there are books, uh, but man, there's not one book that's going to be the correct fucking answer. So, yeah. you know, as a leader, don't, you have to have a broad scope of how you're going to be able to do things, man. Don't mm -hmm. limit yourself to one way. Yeah. And I know that's not your type, man. It's not you at all. Uh, you know, but just, I guess, for the, the masses out there, find different ways to lead. I'm glad one that you mentioned that. Oh. Keep going. Sorry. <clears throat> No, no, go ahead, man. Well, I was going to say, I'm glad, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's always been a mentality that I've had since I was very young is I've never understood when somebody, it, when it's a, it's a blanket statement that says this is how things are done. I go, well, bullshit, because I've seen it be done before and it wasn't done like that. So why are you telling me that's the way this needs to be done? No, you need to, yeah, you need to be versatile. You need to know how to handle situations because the situation, the way it's written out in a book is probably not how it's going to fucking go down in real life. And then what are you going to do? Because all you know is one way. What happens when that way changes and you need to actually react to it? So, and this is why, before I tell someone to do something, 
I already know the why. Mm-hmm. Because when they ask me, hey, well, why are we doing this? Back when I was, you know, a young airman, if I asked why, I was getting a fucking throat punched. All yeah. Right? Why, so now, what the fuck yeah. did you say? Yeah. So now it's kind of adapting, you know. Uh, you yeah. know dude, maybe I just wasn't smart enough to ask why. But like, I fuck it. This is what we're told to do. Let's go fucking do it. Right mm-hmm. now, like, hey, why are we doing this? And there's a difference between being disrespectful, like why? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, then I'm like, I'll fucking tell you afterwards. Go fucking do it. Yeah. You know, versus, yeah, yeah. hey, hey, you know, Sarge, what what are we trying to get after? Hey, man, this is this is the why. You know, you lay it mm-hmm. out for them because once they know that, they have buy-in. And if you give someone oh, yeah. buy-in, dude, you know. And so, but is there a way? No, man. There's a thousand ways to skin a fucking cat. I didn't tell yeah. you how to do it. I just told you to get it done. Yep. You know. I think it's crazy too how that wasn't a thing back in the day as well, because that's one of those things. That's one of those incentives, you know. Is you're you're in for a little while, you start to actually learn the decisive operations behind oh, why we do what the hell we do. And there's nothing more motivating than you knowing a little bit more information than everybody else does, because now you're an NCO. Right. Now you understand right. the exact reason as to why we operate the way we operate, which is fucking sweet. So it's just it's cool now to see when genuine airmen are asking, like, why why are we doing this right here? You'd be like, oh, you know what, fucking snoops, let me tell you. Yeah, because right. if we don't man this post right here, somebody can walk right in here. But you know what? We got this beautiful 249 right here for that. And that keeps everybody at bay. You know, it's shit like that. People are like, yeah, Sarge, I love that. And then they go out there I'll and they man and that post. All fucking you know? day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, man, and that's the problem. We just we tell these kids, dude. They're, they're fresh off the tit, right? You know, fucking yeah. 18 years old, never fucking left home, most of them. And so they just know what they know. I was told to show up to this fucking place. Yep. I, I get, I'm wearing this, this fucking uniform. Hey, dude, I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, yeah, man. I was told to shave, wear this, and show up at 08. Yeah, here I am. Uh, well, hopefully that shaving thing goes away, man. Yeah, yeah I've heard about a, that. Look, I'm going so to cut to the restroom real November. quick. Yeah, really? Yeah. In November, ooh, okay. Uh, restroom break, and then yeah, we gotta we gotta chop it up about that. Oh man, three cups, three cups is too many. How about that? <laughs> Sheesh. Oh, you said November? Wait, 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 break it uh, down. Yeah, so the, break it down. So apparently, there's a uh, a review board that's going to be taking place on the uh, 2903, and mm. the grooming standards is actually one of the topics that they're looking at. You know, because currently, Again, huh? unless you have a religious waiver or you know medical waiver, you know, is the only way. But so they're looking at. Uh, possibly allowing, you know, the quarter inch beards to be a thing for all. So that would be sweet. Hey, I'm not man. even going to lie to you. There's been a couple times where I'm off. I'm off, right? Been off for oh. like four days. And I'm like, yo, this, woo, it's I look, nice. I look sleek. I look nice. Woo. You know, oh, yeah, this, man, you, know, having, imagine. you know, con leave and everything else and having to just grow for four or five weeks. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. So you get back February. and you're like, yeah. February. 10th, I always want to. Yeah. <laughs> every time too. Every time I'm off and I grow a beard, I always want to take a picture of it before I shave it because I get so sad. I'm like, no. And you're gonna do that, and then you're gonna have the little transition phases, man. Trust me, everyone's fucking done it. You know, yeah. I've got a guy that he'll shave down the sideburns, have a goatee, then shave off the goatee, then he gets a mustache. So it's just, yeah, they do. It's a little fucking pick collage of bullshit. Yeah. Jeez. You Just, said February 10th? What, what is that? February. Is that that's it? Hey man, last day. So I'll start wow. growing that beer February 11th. Yeah. But if they let us out have beards, how are you gonna tell me the truth? How are you gonna feel about that? Not good. 
about fucking time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. There you go. There and, you go. Be positive. Be positive. Hey, man. Yeah. The, trust me. I've been advocating for this for years. You know, obviously, yeah. we got a little bit looser on the uh, the mustache strikes where you're a quarter of an inch. Obviously, it's about I'm, time, too, for that, I'm man. I'm a little I'm past so that. Yeah. You know. And so I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, because it's been pushed for years and years and years, uh, you know, our, our other services, you know, uh, foreign services, obviously, have been rocking beards for years. Yeah. Um, and I look at them and I go, I'm not going to fuck with that guy. How about that? You know, you see us all baby face. But what you don't know is that that's a fucking admin troop, right? Yeah, but they look, right. But they look tough as fuck. Uh, yeah. And he's like, so, hi, guys. And you're like, well, now, wait a minute. I didn't expect this. Right. But he's got you know, the biggest beard ever. Yeah. What are the odds? Hey, <sighs> you know, it's it's all about appearance, right? Yeah. But, you know, there, there should be some different uh, things coming down. Hopefully it pops through. Okay. You know, the uh, the Canadians have it right, though, man. So if you haven't read there, the way they go through the regs for the, the grooming standards. Mm. So you get six months to grow a beard. If your CEO, mm. your commanding officer doesn't like it, you cut it off and you get another <laughs> six months to try growing it. They don't like it at that point. You have to reapply to grow uh, you know, your beard out in like another yeah. two years. Yeah, so six you got, months, that's a lot of time. Oh, God damn. Yeah, right? Wow. So you got this little Joe Dirt beard. Hey, yeah. My dude, probably ain't happening, right? Yeah, I'm so glad I got the jeans that I did. Because I remember when I was a kid, like, shaving when I didn't need to shave. Because I was like, Mom, I want to get a beard. Now, you know, my yeah. par- I remember my parents being like, you're going to hate shaving. And I'm like, no, I'll never hate shaving. Now I hate shaving. Shave. But, yeah, I mean, give me a month, man. And I get, like, a night. I got some solid action going there. So oh, yeah. that'd be exciting. I can't uh, hey, wait, Canadian sauce us your fucking reg real quick, man. We'll use it for oh, a little bit. It's good, man. They're actually they're looking at it. So hopefully that uh that sticks, man. We'll see. But like I said, November we should have uh something hopefully to look forward to. That'll be impressive, especially with Chief Bass. She's kind of she's she's mentioned the beard thing every now and then. For some reason, it comes up. She'll always go like, "No, we're not going to do anything with beards." But the fact that it's come up so much with her, yes, it's like it's kind of interesting, right? I kind of feel like they're kind of hinting at something. But hey, man, you know it's you know progressive action, right? We're getting there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been it's been on the table for a long time. So I think with you know the the adjustments that we've made uh, through the military over the the last you know we'll just say decade, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really had some some good movement. Um, it, it's taken adjustment as supervisors to to really know what is allowed and what yeah. people are trying to get away with. Yeah, but I mean, nonetheless, man, it's uh we're we're trying to break this fucking mold. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Because I know we we got to fit more into to kind of what society's feeling too. Because if we don't, I mean, what's the fucking grab? You know, you're not gonna have anybody that wants to come in here if it's just super fucking strict. Like I get it. We got to have military standards. Don't get me wrong. But when somebody finally started breaking down, it was a text on too that I talked to because I was like, man, we're getting away from a military standard. We're getting to a everybody standard. As yeah. We can't do that. I get that we're trying to fit more towards kind of like society in general. But at the same time, we still have to have the military standards because we still need to be able to keep people in check because it's getting rough. You know what I'm saying? 2903 is a hard oh, read yeah. sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if you're in regs or not right now. You know what I'm saying? But then again, but then you you're like, keep reading, I don't want to say anything and then come off as. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, but then uh, now that I'm an NCO, I mean, it's one of those things where like, regardless, yeah. I mean, if I don't say something now, it's bad on me. Because somebody else is going to say something to him and go, well, who's your suit? And they're going to go, well, it's Kelly. Like, why didn't he say anything? Like, I, don't, I don't know. You know? And you can't give that, well, fuck, I didn't know. 
Yeah. Oh, so you haven't been reading the reg? You're an NCO. You you need to be, you need to be, uh, uh, you know, obviously setting the standard, right? But at the same time, you need to keep your airmen in check, right? It's your job. there's a, there's a hidden secret, right? You know, once you start getting up to this, you know, we're, we're hoping, you know, that our staffs and our techs are being kept up on that fucking reg. Because mm-hmm. if not, we're like, is that fucked up? Like, fuck, let me look yeah. this up real fast. All right, they are fucked up. Let's go get them. Hey, you didn't know this? So mm-hmm. don't, don't let them fucking pull the wool over your fucking eyes, man, because they just found yeah. out 30 seconds prior most of the time. Yeah, I've been guilty of that myself. Be like, I'm not sure if that's right or not. But well, and I think let's it's... fucking look at this. I'm so glad you mentioned that too, because I think for a lot of the cases where somebody brings up the reg in a conversation, that individual most likely had just read the reg. So when people are like, well, does he know the reg like that? It's like, no, I actually stood behind you for two minutes, read the reg, realized you were in the wrong, and now I'm here to correct you and let you know. And now we can all proceed from, you know, whatever this situation is, right? But we had one of our airmen finally get their haircut because they had like the whole bushy thing going on. And oh, uh, yeah. they finally got it clean cut. My man came in looking sharp. I was like, man, I was like, you look good, man. I was like, good for you, dude. Good for you. But I also saw a dude the other day. I I, I, <clears throat> I want to hope that he has um, some kind of waiver. But that man looked like fucking Harry Potter. Some long ass hair. It was weird. Look, he looked like the dude from uh, Rest in Peace, by the way. Um, what's his name again? Coltrane? Robbie Coltrane? Oh, the actor, yeah, from, from yeah, Harry yeah. Potter actually passed away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he had some so hair like that. Old. Yeah, that's unfortunate to hear, by the way. Hey, man, you but... can uh, you can ask your counterpart on flight. Uh, I don't I think he was there. Yeah, we had one guy that came in. And I told him, I was like, better get your fucking haircut. Yeah. Didn't get it. Oh, huh. we huh. shaved his fucking head. I got hey, you. There I you go. You. Cause you it's know. shit like that where it's like the last thing I want to do for something like that is write you paperwork. I've been late a few times. I will admit it. In my not as an instructor, when I thought I started getting this ego to me that is now gone, thank God. But I started getting this like I'm a staff now. And I got fed into this fucking ego shit that I shouldn't have. But I did. I'll admit it. I was late a couple times. I'd show up late and I'd be like, ah, it's whatever, man. Just fucking job. Mm. Now I'm sitting here and I'm trying to instill in these airmen, like show up on time. And I'm like, the last thing I want to do as an individual is write you paperwork for how many times you've been late when I've been late as well. That's not something we need to be writing paperwork for. It's nah, just it's such a minuscule, just be punctual, just do the job, go home, fuck off, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the, and you're, you're hitting on there, man. It's, you, you can't ask your guys to do anything that you're not doing yourself, right? Exactly. And so if you're not showing up on time, you're not fucking looking crisp, uh, you know, it, it, you cannot expect your fucking people to be doing that. And so yeah. as a leader, man, you need to be setting the example. You you are the example. Uh, if not, dude, I don't want to hear you fucking complain. And exactly. that's as a fucking leader, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, uh, and I remember getting into some of my, my peers about some of the stuff that they would fucking write their guys up for. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you are a lazy fuck. <laughs> All yeah, right. you probably done it yourself, you fucking yeah, dick. Like, why are you, you writing know. them up for that shit? I was like, why yeah. do you think they're fucking doing this? Because they don't fucking see you doing the right thing. Yeah. You know? And so, man, that, and that's a challenge, right? Because it puts you in a position to where you are constantly in the fucking microscope. Mm-hmm. You're constantly in the fucking light. But that's, man, that's where you'll thrive. Because you know your shit's going to be on point, right? You know you're going to be there fucking early. You yep. know you're going to have all this shit because... 
you've got people looking <clears> up <throat> to you. And so once that happens, man, dude, you're like, fuck, it's a lot of stress. And oh, it yeah. only gets worse. <laughs> yeah, know? speaking of being early too, me and your me and your buddy out here, we 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 show up about <laughs> 10 minutes early. That's that's usually the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but now the airmen are showing up at the same time as us. And now I'm starting to get pissed off. Cause I'm like, no, I don't need Fuck, to be the no, first one here. Yeah. You I'm know? like, I'm dirty. Dan. Like I need to be here first. <laughs> motherfucker. But I'll show up and they're already rocking. And I'm like, man, See? but that's also another one of those things where you show up and they're already there. And you're like, that's what I'm talking about. Just come in ready to rock and roll. It makes the day fucking better. That's what people forget too. It's all mentality. A lot of the time. It is, and I get it. not every day is going to be fucking beautiful. Flying fucking. Yeah, this is great. I get that. But if you just wake up and you come in and you go, you know what, man, I'm going to make today a good day. That's energy that you carry through for you for the rest of the day. And then you finally get off and you go home and you can fuck off and go sigh, smoke your cigarette, do whatever you got to do, right? But you need to come in with that attack mentality because if you don't, you literally – you fucking sit and simmer in that shit oh, yeah. all day. Man, fucking mindset, just, dude. It is. And I want to let that drag us into that next topic. We have about 15 minutes. I like to kind of end these off at about a yeah, minute uh, or uh, 120. But we talk about that mentality, mental health, dealing with toxic leadership. Oh. And then I know that you also mentioned PCS, PTSD. And I want you to talk about this, how you feel comfortable. I'm not forcing you to talk about shit, but whatever yeah, yeah. makes it, whatever's comfortable for you. Kind of talk me through for your 20 years of service, 20 plus years, sorry. Um, 20 plus years of service. How did that... What did you use? What did you use for, for, for getting yourself through the tougher days, for pushing yourself through uh, one of those times where you're like, man, fucking what the fuck? Just please run me through that. Oh, man. Um, all right. So, yeah, it's funny. I just uh, had a, a sit down with my therapist a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. We were talking about this kind of exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's it's funny, you know, so we're, we're, we're going to dabble in a Topic that is, uh, I mean, it's sensitive on a couple different levels, right? Um, but look at the, hold on, bud. Uh, look at the the side of the mental health aspect where you go and do your your medical survey, right? You're like, hey, how much do you drink? Yeah, one to two a month. It's always one to two a month, right? <laughs> yeah. Nothing more, yeah, nothing yeah. less. Um, yeah, yeah. Because if I say that I don't drink, you know, I'm mine. But if I say that, you know, I'm <laughs> what I'm really drinking. Well, then I'm, I'm done for. Uh, and so, you know, she, she asked the same thing. She's like, you know, you know, there's a different stigma. You know, when we come back from Iraq in the 05, 06 timeframe, you know, um, it wasn't, Hey, you, you're not going to go see the doc. Yeah. You, you don't want to get labeled with PTSD. Uh, it's going to keep you from doing jobs down in, in the, you know, the future, um, and, and everything else. And so dude, we, we turn into professional alcoholics. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. plain and simple, you know, our, our our coping was, was drinking. Um, mm-hmm. we did it together. You know, we, uh, it was our way of dealing with whatever the fuck was going on. Um, some of us got better, you know, and didn't have that, that crutch, uh, you know, and I know that there's the guys that, hell man, I've, I had one of my, my good buddies that fucking drank himself to where his liver fucking, it killed him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's, yeah, I mean, at one point, dude, it was fucking drinking. And then, yeah, I found, yeah, I was always in the gym. Granted, this last year, dude, I've turned a fucking, fucking soft body uh, from mm. all the injuries and being sick. But I was always in the gym. That was my mm-hmm. thing. That was my fucking mental release. That was, that's how I, I cope with, uh, you know, the fucking demons. Um, yeah. 
yeah, you know, and, and everybody's going to have their way, but you have to find an outlet. Um, if you don't, man, it just fucking internalizes and it just, it just becomes this fucking cancer that's rooted. And mm-hmm. then it starts to fucking hide and you can't figure out where the fuck it is and what's wrong. And you know, you've got so many different layers of things that are fucked up. And before you know it, man, yeah, you're another fucking stigma, you know? And, and so, uh, it, it is, man, it's, Dealing, dealing with it, you know, making sure you have, you know, your people that you can trust, you can confide in, um, and knowing, knowing what you can and can't do on your own, you know, uh, man, it it took me, fuck, 19 and a half years before I actually started seeking help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, shit, almost 20 years, you know, because I'm, I'm over that 20 more, um, and I, Went to you know behavioral health a couple of years ago uh, for sleep issues, mm-hmm. and then I had a bad bad run in. You know I was an Air Force dude at an Army base, and the guy jumped a fucking conclusion. You know oh, you you don't have PTSD. I was like, dude, I'm not coming in for PTSD. I'm coming in for fucking sleep issues. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so ended up seeing a, a new doc. And so after that, I was like, you know what? Right, fuck this. I'm not gonna have that fucking label. I don't want to sit here and. And, and be fucked around with saying, oh, you, oh, you're Air Force. Yeah, fucking eat a bag of dicks, dude. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, <clears throat> mind you, I've got seven years attached to the fucking army. So, uh, and I, I hate that shit too. Like, look, I love the inner, the, the, the inner battles and, you know, the laughs between branches and shit. But when somebody oh, yeah. legitimately has a fucking problem with us being Air Force, it drives me insane. They'll be like, oh, yeah. oh you're a pussy because you're in the Air Force. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Why come come meet me in in real time right now? I don't want to fight you, but let's go have a real life in face to face conversation, and let's see how you feel about me after that. You know what I, I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and, and so and it's, it's that was a constant struggle. You know, whenever I was at uh, Fort Leonard Wood, right? Because yeah. I was at the time there's two Air Force guys, you know, yeah, teaching the schoolhouse <clears throat> full of Marines and Army dudes, mm-hmm. and for like the Marines, dude, it's they never seen fucking Air Force besides what's been you know on the fucking you know, the, the commercials, right? And so, you know, you, you got to prove yourself time and time again, every fucking class. And so mm-hmm. I would do that by getting up there and demonstrating the fucking shooting portions, you know, yeah. and be like, oh shit, this guy's actually knows what we're fucking talking about. <laughs> this, this guy's real. You know, and then I joke around, but like, you know, I, I tried to join the Marines. I just couldn't get my ASVAB low enough, you know, just mm-hmm. to fuck with them. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and so, yeah. but it's the constant proving yourself, man. And yeah, there's that the stigma that it comes along with it, but hey, Dude, we all chose our fucking path. We just had more yeah. options. I was going to go Marines, yeah. but I couldn't choose my favorite flavor of uh, crayons. So, <laughs> crayons, you know, that's fucking always a go to. But yeah, I man, still so, I need uh, to get good at that, though, by the way, shitting on the other branches because I'll pull people onto this show, man, and they'll start clowning me, chair force. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah crayons. Oh, like, I just don't know what to say, you know? Dude, yeah. And but, like you said, man, we had options. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. Continue. I yeah, man. Um, you know, so I, like I said, it was fucking almost twenty years before I decided to go fu- get fucking help. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it still took me an adjustment to to sit down and, and talk about shit. You know, um, mm-hmm. because one, I'm still fearful of the fucking labels. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now they've gone through the process. I've been doing this for for months now. You know, and you get the diagnosis, and when you get when you actually see the diagnosis written on paper, you like. I don't know if I should feel more fucked up or yeah. a little bit of fucking relief. 
you know, because like I could see that now because that's why I was doing this and that's why I was so fucked up over here. But like, yeah. oh, fuck, you know. Um, and so I would say, don't worry about the fucking labeling, right? Don't don't sit there and push getting help. Uh, thank God, dude. I've got my old lady who's a mental health professional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, I had some real dark years, you know, with things, and she's she's been there by my side. Um, yeah, at one point to the point, you know, it was like she was almost trying to be my caregiver instead of my my wife and my friend, and that mm-hmm. actually drove a wedge between us yeah for a short period of time um but her going through and and being on that side of the house and being a military spouse and then me you know with my background it's actually opened her eyes to where she understands it more and Mm -hmm. she's got a little bit more patience with me and helps me understand what i'm sitting at because dude i i will fucking throw myself into a dark hole real fast yeah you know And, and next thing i know i'm dude I feel like there's no fucking light, you know? And so she's, she's always been that, that fucking rock for me, uh, to help me out. And so I'd like to say I, if she wasn't here, I'd still be here. I don't fucking know that man. You know, mm-hmm. she, she's helped me out through a lot of shit. And so I probably would have gotten help sooner without her, you know, from a professional, but she was there to help me realize the steps and the things and the process of which I was going through. Um, but don't let, anyone deter you from going to seek that help they think man yeah i've lost a lot of buddies that did not go get help um you you we say that suicide prevention right you know we're oh there'll be signs doesn't always necessarily Uh, happen man yeah no no you know i mean hell i talked to one of my guys three days before he fucking you know took his own life um and they're he, fucking smiling and all that shit. You see it yeah, is especially man. when they're they're posted online. They'd be like, We this came as a total surprise to us. He's yeah. never had one issue. And it's like now now all we do is have a bunch of people trying to look out for signs. It's like don't do that. Because we have so I, I we have a person at this fucking base right here that'll tell you every day I'd rather fucking die. But he won't. He won't do it. He yeah. said it before, but he'll just he'll bullshit about it and he'll show you those signs. But he's actually he's one of those guys that if he came in and he said, Oh, life's amazing, you'd be like, There's something wrong here. Like, what do you mean, you know? Well, you know, and, and with that, though, man, it, and this is where, you know, you as a, a leader, supervisor, if that is being said, man, do not arm that dude. No. You know, do not arm that dude. And that's where <laughs> he's doing a lot better now, which is good. Yeah. It's, it's very good to see. But, I mean, it's just this ain't his gig. You know what I'm saying? He's probably going to yeah. get out. But this, this isn't the thing for him, you know. But that's, that's okay. It isn't for everybody. Yeah, no, it is, you know, um, but, you know, all we can do is, is help that transition, you know, make sure that he's well enough to make that transition. Yeah. You know, and so, and that's the same with anybody we have going through this process, man. It's make sure that you're taking the time for you. We know we kind of mm-hmm. dabbled on this, right? And, and it's hard. It's hard to find that time, at, you know, especially when you got, you know, other, you know, 10 million other fucking things going on. Yeah. Uh, but even if it's five or 10 minutes out of the fucking day, take that mm-hmm. time for you. Um, and whatever it is that you enjoy and you know but yeah don't don't be afraid to go seek help man and like i said it took me 20 fucking years to mm. really go do this and so from an old crusty son of a bitch that's about to fucking retire that's on this topic if you need it go get it it's there man there's mflax there's chaplains there's you know some of the first sergeants you know and they'll they'll talk with you about it 
between the behavioral health. There's dude, there's there's phone numbers you can call to where you don't even have to go in person now, right? Yeah. And you can start a oh, chat, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so there's a ton of ways for you guys to to get that versus you know when we first were doing this is where you had to go get checked and you had to get the evaluation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit less uh, in your face with it. So. Um, there's always a direction to get help in. Oh, there we are. So we're losing for a minute. Uh, yeah, no, you came back in, but I heard that the, the, there's always a direction. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that you, you say that. Um, I had I had one time where I, you know, I called the chaplain and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So because it started off with me mm-hmm. fucking tearing up and I was like, I don't even know what to say to you right now. And he just started pestering me with questions. And I, I, that was a moment in time where I was there for the help. So I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to play the game. Fuck it. I will play the fucking game. And by the end of the conversation that me and this man are fucking joking, we're laughing about shit. I'm throwing little quips in there, but ha ha ha, you know? And it was, it was a, a three hour conversation. And it started at like 11 o'clock at night, you know, Yeah. all the way until one o'clock in the morning. That chaplain was like, yo, this is what I'm here for, man. This is my fucking job. And I was like, I can't appreciate you more for it, man. This was, this was incredible, you know? So yeah, I'm glad you say that. Good, man. And the fact that, yeah, you, you hit that on, man, even at 11 o'clock at night, man, you know, no matter what, you're not a burden. Yeah. You're not a burden. This is as a supervisor, man, this is what we do. You know, this is, Mm -hmm. Hey, you, you come to me with a problem, man, you're trusting me. You're, you're giving me at your weakest moment, something that is going on. Right. Yeah. And so, and there's people that just don't acknowledge it that way. They look at it as man, what the fuck is this guy calling me for? Are you serious? You know, some people <laughs> cry for help, you know? So <clears throat> I can't believe there's NCOs, man, that even operate like that. It blows my mind. Cause I'm like, you just give me a shout, you know, now yeah. granted, Granted, I don't like my phone. Okay. I don't, I, I like my phone because of what we can do now, but I'm oh, also yeah. the kind of guy that wants to, I would prefer a flip phone, but at the same time, I enjoy the fact that I can, I can, I can f- do my finances and, and do all this stuff in a matter of five minutes now on my phone versus having to stand at the bank for five hours right. and finally cash that check or do what I need to do or take my, you know, check from my work to the bank and then cash it. And then now I have the money to spend. No, man, we get that shit in a matter of a second. Now we take right. a lot of this stuff for granted. Right. I still though would, would prefer a flip phone or my little sidekick I used to have yeah, like yeah. the little LG cosmos, you know? Um, cause I just, I, I think that this whole, um, a big problem that we have with this generation is the accessibility on our phone, right? Everything being at our, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, right? Everything at yeah, the, right. the fingertips. Now I don't like fucking going through social media at work. You know what I'm saying? I want to be at work to work. And that's where we're starting to lose those at work, uh, oh, relationships yeah. and those everything, because all people are doing now is taking home with them at work. And now when they're at home, it's no longer really home. You know what I'm saying? So a big thing that I've actually been doing, I'm just going to kind of mention this in general, broad spectrum uh, for other people to maybe give it a shot. But if you have an iPad at home, this is what I do now. There's no social media on my fucking phone anymore. I do have Tinder though, but that's because I work 15 hour shifts. All right. I work 15 hour shifts. I'm not going to the coffee shop every fucking day. So I got Tinder. Um, Now I can't say that Tinder is really great because I mean, you, you know, you're talking to every, I don't know. It's, eh, good luck, my man. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. I started having a conversation and I realized that a lot of these women can't hold the conversation. You're like, wow, 
But aside from that, okay, I have no social media on my phone anymore. It's all on my iPad. So when I come home at the end of the day, that's where I can kind of sit for like 20 minutes and I'll peruse the socials. I'll see what's new, what's crack-a-lacking, you know, whatever the term is, and have a good time. And then before I go to sleep, man, I try to shut everything off besides the TV kind of stays on. You know, I like to watch uh, Halo stuff or whatever it be or All-American. That's my comfort show right now, and it's finally back. Stuff like that. And then when I go to work, it's there's no social media. I'm I'm at work to work. I'm at work to take care of the folks around me. I'm at work to have conversations with the airmen and the other NCOs to learn. You know, and it's the last fucking two weeks that I've been doing that for. It's just incredible. The conversations I have are incredible. The time that it that like just my day is even better because I'm no longer starting, and I don't start the day either. I don't wake up it because I wake up at three thirty in the morning. Well, actually, 3, 3.20 in the morning. And I'm ready to work by 4 because um, we need to be there by 4.10, armed up by 4.30. I'm ready to rock and roll, right? I do not go through anything social before I go to work because that's how, that's, that's how you, you set up your day for that shit. If you start your day by processing that much information, that's what your brain wants to operate on for the rest of the day. So when you are no longer doing that anymore, your brain's going, what the fuck are we doing? And that's why you see everybody scrolling through their phone every fucking day, all day, going, I need that next piece of serotonin. Nah, if you wake up and you don't do that shit, you read a fucking book, you do something, you drink a goddamn glass of water instead of going straight to your phone, right? The rest of your day consists of that, just that. You're more relaxed. And I mean, it's it's been incredible. It's been incredible for me. Fucking cracking the code over there, huh? That's what I'm saying. I've always been obsessed with finding all the fucking answers. And here I am, finding all the answers. And I'm just kidding. Yeah, fucking Zuckerberg after you here in a little bit. Yeah, he's going to be like, I need you to have Facebook on your own. You're right. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. But fucking no, and that's, It's funny that you mentioned that too, like cracking the fucking code. Like I just, for the last two years, you know, I'm 24. Ripe young age of 24 fucking years old. I'm sitting here always trying to find all the answers to shit. And my, my stepmom was the one that actually drilled this into my head. She goes... If you found out all the answers right now and you cracked the fucking code, then what's the point of the next 60 fucking years of your life? You'll be fucking like, bored, bro. Yeah, I'm going to be like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't know. What am I supposed to do for the next – so that's the point, you know, just finding things out slowly, surely, you know. And I found out that I can't start my day by zooming through social media. It just ruins the rest of the day for me. So right. hopefully somebody else, maybe maybe even you, maybe, maybe you can implement this. I don't know how you are with your socials, but other people like just being able to fucking – Start your day off with a, either a book or processing stuff slowly and then kind of going through the rest of your day. You know, it's been fucking huge for me. So what is this? I can't yeah, so say I'm at the old age where I have to take a hot fucking shower before I start. Ooh, that's good, too. I need to start. I need to start doing that. Although, no, because if you just go to sleep dirty, your fucking sheets get dirty quicker. I get the, I get the shower at night and I take the shower in the morning, you know? Two showers? My fucking body so that's my fucking morning routine. Two showers? Two showers that's man. like the, that's the, that's the time. So. Yeah. That's the time to be able to just stand there and just let the body relax, you know? That's, that's let all the it muscles. Is, that's all it is. That's how I was like four days ago. I literally woke up. I, uh, they sent me home early, right? Two day. o'clock. Yeah, man. I'm at home like three o'clock in the afternoon. I wake up at nine o'clock at night. You know what I did? I went and sat in the shower, man. <laughs> I sat in the shower for like 20 minutes. 
but I don't care what anybody says, oh, man. Yeah. That's an incredible feeling when you just kind of sit there like this and you just oh, let yeah. it all hit you, and you're just Dude, like, you just yeah. Just let the water fucking hit you. Yeah, Dude, I don't want to know what it looks like man. in third person, but when you're hey, the one doing it, Dude, I don't give who fucks. Hey, man, <laughs> you're sitting there, like, man, eh. and so and it's funny, man. You talk about that, right? And so it's the the mental side of it, though, because if you you start with a sensor, you know, and so you can start to feel the water mm. hit you, you can mm. you feel the warmth of it, and so it takes your mind off of all these different things, right? Yeah. And so you start to focus on, and th this is why I do this in the morning, right? This is what is my calming state. And so, you know, you saying that, man, that's, it's funny because that is exactly why I'm fucking doing it besides mm -hmm. helping my fucking body relax because I just fucking hurt, um, yeah. you know, 39, but I get out of bed looking like a fucking 82 year old. Uh, and so, you know, it's, but it is, it's the mental side of it. I'm starting my day off that I want to make sure I'm starting off calm. Mm -hmm. Um, because dude, I hate being fucking rushed. If I fucking wake up late and I'm grabbing my oh, fucking yeah. coffee to go, dude, it, my day is, you know, fuck. Yeah. That's the rest of your like, day. It just feels, yeah. everything feels rushed. Yep. I feel like I'm going to start fucking killing people left and right, you know? Yeah. And so it is, man. You you find your routine, your niche, you know, whatever you need to fucking do, but establish it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't let it get fucked up. Yeah. I'm so, and I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I love just being able to do my own thing in the morning. Cause some of these, when you're telling some of these airmen, like, Hey man, just show up early, man. It's not that bad. And they're like, what's the point? And I'm like, dude, you get to do things how you want to do them. When you show up early, yeah. you come in late and all you have is me ordering you what to do. Hey, you need to be armed up now. You need to do this, go do this, go do this. But if you come in, because I like to come in early because I get to arm up how I choose. I get to do whatever I want. I get to sit back. Yeah. I get to grab my either my energy drink or my coffee, and I get to sip it in sit peace yes. instead of just drinking your coffee on the like, way to work, and you're like, oh, my God, and then you're arming up, and you're dropping your coffee, and you're like, son of a bitch. If that's you every morning. That's a sad fucking life to live. Chaos, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Controlled chaos is where I like to be in. God. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that reminds me, too. Like, the, we'll do the dorm inspections, man, and, like, some oh, people just fuck. don't understand. Like, hey – Having a, a nice home to come back to organized is so much better on the mental because Not if you're fair. living in chaos, your life is chaos and people don't understand that. If your room is a wreck, your life is somewhat of a wreck. Great. You can still operate great. Don't get me wrong. But if you're living in chaos, man, you're operating in chaos and it carries through everything. I but don't miss. I figured I'd stick I do that not in miss that. I don't no. miss doing inspections, man. Fuck. I'm like, bro, can you smell that? And he's like, no. And no. I'm like, man. I was like, dude, I need you to get some Febreze. You need to get some little air wicks. And he's like, nah, sorry, and I got this. And I'm like, dog, that's that's supposed to be in your fucking car. You need to get in-home sense shit. And he's no. like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> Dirty motherfuckers. Out. He's. Sarge, I got this. I'm like, no, man, it goes on your man, your car, bro. Oh, I love it. <coughs> Fucking love it. Well, right, man, I thank you, brother, for hey. coming on, man. I do appreciate you for taking the time. No, I appreciate it, man. You know, it's always a good opportunity to sit down and, you know, just, uh, be able to fucking just chat, man, and just yeah. talk, fucking real talk, you know, and if something, in, you know, comes out that's positive, man, it's even fucking better, you know, it's just yeah. a big thing. Keep doing you. Man, it's to see the growth that you've, you know, from day one. Yeah, I remember sitting you uh, with you, seeing you on the fucking couch over the, yeah, uh, the MSOS building, you know, the yeah, Western yeah. Tactics building, you know, just and bullshit with you. I'm like, man, yeah. you're fucking, you're froggy, you know. You, yeah, there's something yeah, yeah, about yeah. you, you get that fire. Uh, yeah, yeah. To see where you've taken this, man. Uh, fucking wicked proud of you. 
So keep keep fucking pushing, man. You got a good message. You're pushing these guys. Um, and so same thing I've been telling all day. Dude, don't be afraid to fucking fail. Test yeah. the fucking limits on what you're doing. Even with this, this podcast, mm-hmm. man. Fucking burn it out. You know, let's fucking make it huge. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm honored to be, you know, even on here. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to sit down and, and talk with you. Uh, and man, I, I wish you nothing but the fucking best moving forward on this, man. And I, I, I appreciate that. And, and likewise, I mean, it's an honor to bring you on because this is where we get that that real material. The whole reason we even do this fucking show, I do this show, is because I want to get the actual conversations because you don't get me wrong. Look, I, I, I have nothing but respect for Black Rifle and their podcasts and what they do. But a majority of them, they only bring on those big, you know, known names. But there are so many people that have stories <clears throat> That aren't being fucking told and need to be told. And that's what this fucking show's for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm, I appreciate you for coming on, for taking the time, for talking about the things you want to talk to uh, talk about. And uh, it's been an incredible episode. I mean, this is I think there's a lot of things that people are going to be able to take away from this show. Um, this one right here alone and being able to walk away and become a better NCO become a better airman and in general a lot of this stuff that makes you a better airman a better nco makes you a better individual in general makes you a better professional in whatever fucking craft you're doing a A lot of these things help you out in 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 the the, the real world right you're not on the inside right not in the uh, in the barbed wire in prison whatever you want to call the term right (laughs) um and it's it's phenomenal i think we've uh you've said a lot of things today too that'll definitely propel people in whatever career they're doing so i appreciate you Thank you for coming yeah, on to the show. Um, I'm going to cut into the sponsors, and then we're going to take care of the rest of our days, man. All right, um, So G Fuel, Gamer Advantage, Paradox, we appreciate you guys for being along for the mission. Most importantly, though, Stack Up, man. You guys are doing incredible things for people that are deployed, people that are overseas, people that need things, veterans that need things, and supplying that. So all four of those sponsors right there, we are incredibly proud that you guys are along for the mission that we are here and on. Um Smitty, my guy, thanks for coming on to the show. Um, feel free to just kind of mention whatever you want, um, kind of plug uh, whatever you need, and then uh, we're going to call it right there. Oh, man, hey, biggest thing, like I said, just fucking honored to be a part of this, dude. So just keep fucking pushing, keep doing the big things. Uh, dude, you ever need anything? I always tell you, fucking reach out, man. You know, might not be the fucking shit you want to hear, but it's the shit you need to fucking hear. Uh, that's, that's, that's the way it's got to be. Well, all right. I will see you guys in the next episode, hopefully with Jake. Jake's got some stuff he's taking care of. But once he's taken care of, we're going to be back. We're going to resume normal. But uh, I will see you on the next episode.